Welcome back to Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with Jimmy and Derek. We want to welcome all our new listeners who joined us, uh, or maybe listening for the second time after our interview with Joey. I know that uh, he, he shared on his social media accounts about our, his interview, and hopefully you liked it enough to listen again to the next episode. I also wanted to put a shout out or a, a plug out for our social media accounts. We have an Instagram account, Lonely Town Podcast. We also have a Facebook page under the same name and we'd love to have you interact with us with us there send us pictures or you know just share share your memories or whatever you want to do yeah if you have any memories or uh killer stories or whatever feel free to contact us and uh, if you want to be a guest on the show uh we're, we're not we're not against it so we're always looking for interesting people that uh have killer stories and it doesn't have to be nephi or brandon necessarily either like if you're associated with them if you're a super fan if you hate them, I don't know. Just, just let us know and we'll get some people on the show. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about Pressure Machine, the song. For Pressure Machine, we're going to start out, as always, with our, the Apple intro from Brandon uh, from Apple Music. He said, I think there's a sadness to how quickly we grow up. And being a parent and watching that, everybody tells you when you have a kid, make the most of it. They're going to grow up before you know it. And it sort of gets redundant, and then it really is true, and it's kind of a heartbreaker. Wow. Yeah, so uh, with that in mind, there's an interstitial on this song. A girl talking about meeting her husband while dragging Maine in Spanish Fork. Have to put in another plug for Spanish Fork. 35 miles north. I I think that's what he's talking about. I did a Google map. On Google Maps, I just searched Nephi to Spanish Fork. 33 miles is what it says, so I don't know. All the towns are really close together, but that's what I'm going to plug. I think this ties that back together. Did you ever go dragging Maine in Spanish Fork, Jimmy? A time or two. It was always interesting. I always have to like preface it because now it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't and happen anymore. It doesn't happen Not anymore. The way it did. But when we were growing up, when we were back in the the nineties, uh, which I guess like it was Pressure Machine the album. Here's a deep thought, or maybe it's not a deep thought, but a thought. Is this set in the present day, or is this set at Brandon's time in the nineties of Nephi? That's a good question. I'll have to think about that one because. Uh, there's things I can relate, or I could argue both ways, but this is definitely uh, the way I remember it in the 90s, because we don't drag Spanish Fork anymore, but they're talking to this this gal, and what happened is, we were from a really small town and a really small school, and so you pretty much went to school with everyone, for the most part, for years, if not your whole life. You know every girl, every girl knows you, they remember when you wet yourself, or <laughs> Or when you got beat up by a bully, or or whatever. So there just might be, just for example, for not, example, that never happened to me, of course. Example. Yeah, but we could say names of people. <laughs> uh, but so, and, and sometimes people have those relationships that end up working the the high school relationship, and you stay together, you start dating in the the fourth grade, and, and you're married for forty years or whatever. And then some people it doesn't work. So uh, what Spanish Fork was, Dragging Maine was a little bigger pool so you'd go uh to find more fish in the pond so to say so all the girls in nephi or that went to gf high school knew who jimmy mcknight was and Derek everett and they already had whether they liked us or not the preconceived notions whether they were true or not they had an idea of who we were but you'd go up to spanish fork and there'd be people from payson that would go there'd be people from spanish fork probably people coming down from I don't know, Springville area, people from Nephi, some of the surrounding areas. It was mainly, you know, your, your teenagers, 16 to probably early 20s, uh, give or take. The, the 20s were probably a little creepy guys, and, you know, some of us were probably prepubescent adolescent kids that were like, 
this is my dad's truck. I don't know. So a good mix of that, but you'd go to this main street, and you drive, and the goal was when you'd stop at a stoplight, you'd roll down your window, you'd try to muster whatever courage you had, and you'd try some sort of a pickup line of some nature, and, and the, I guess the goal was to pull over in the parking lot and, and hang out or maybe get a date or something like that. And it was a, then you'd go to school on Monday and say, yeah, we met a bunch of girls from Spanish Fork that, you know. And then, <laughs> then it was like the, was it Napoleon Dynamite or whatever, where it was the fake girlfriend from Canada or, or whatever. So everyone had this girlfriend. Well, she lives in Springville or she lives in Spanish Fork. I met her Dragon Maine. She's real, I swear. Uh, this story here, I mean, we'll get into more of what the lady says, but it's not uncommon. They went dragging Maine, and it worked the same way for girls, the one to meet different guys that they hadn't grown up with. So she's dragging Maine up in Spanish Fork, uh, probably, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, I'm guessing. I don't know when it kind of died out. Definitely isn't something that's done anymore. Uh, but it was a pretty big deal. And meets this guy, and, uh, well, I guess she was from Spanish Fork, because he was from Nephi. He wasn't moving, and they could build a house in Nephi. Which, yeah, maybe she wasn't there? from maybe she wasn't from Spanish Fork. They just both met there, and because that was the the place to drag, right? Yeah, I think I think she was from yeah somewhere. She wasn't from Nephi. He was, and uh, she goes on to say uh, he wasn't going to move away from here. It wasn't it wasn't really um, it wasn't going to happen. He was you know set in his mind. It wasn't wasn't changing. Uh, his attitude had already been made up, which I think plays out in the song pretty well too. For these interstitials coming after the songs are recorded how they've been able to pair up with some of these songs, almost identical storylines. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, a few other thoughts on Dragging Maine and Spanish Fork. The thoughts that come, uh, memories that come to mind are getting pulled over in a friend's truck. I think it might have been you driving. Maybe not. I remember a story of somebody, uh, some kids from Nephi having a beer bottle thrown through the back window of their dad's truck. Got that right here on the paper. <laughs> I remember that it's, the story was that the cops in Spanish Fork would target people, you know, they'd find whatever reason they could to pull people over. And one of the big ones was if, you were, if your truck was lifted too high and you didn't have mud flaps on, it was against the law in Utah, you know, after a certain number of inches. So they'd pull you over for, for silly things like that because they, they could. And, you know, if people, kids are stupid. Uh, it was no different then than it is now. Uh, but I was thinking, it's whoever had the bigger truck that had the, the lift kit on it, and you'd go, and you weren't wearing seat belts, and you'd be dragging out the window, or people in the back, and you'd be yelling all sorts of stupid stuff at people. And, hey, where are you from? Yeah, or, you know, whatever. A lot of dumb stuff, and uh, maybe we'll get somebody from that beer bottle incident in studio at some point. I, I better not share names. Not only would you talk to girls, but you might find some competition, some yeah, other... Heard- some other alpha males that were out after these gals as well. Pull up in a red light next to each other. <laughs> you'd stop at a red light and uh, you'd exchange words or fingers or whatever. And you might get the wrong guy on the wrong day. You might get a beer bottle through your dad's window and have some splaining to do. That's what she would say. So uh, there was lots of, lots of stories from that kind of a thing. Yeah, I think what really put a damper on Dragging Maine um, was when TLC came out with the song No Scrubs, talking about this guy yelling out of the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. So we had a lot of scrubs. Suddenly, oh man, that's me. Well, even going back to uh, the cops and stuff, and obviously, I, that would have been not a good like Friday, Saturday night. That's not the good shift that you want because all these stupid teenagers are coming. It's climbing up the roads. Traffic's horrible. But in those days, on the license plate, it would say what county you were from. <laughs> and I remember people would say, you know, that they could they could target that way too. So if you weren't from 
Uh, I don't remember if it said the town somehow in the first three numbers, but it was definitely uh, like JU was Juab, UT was Utah, yeah, SL Salt Lake, obviously. So they could look at the tag and see where you were from before they pulled you over, too. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but there's some, some profiling going on. Probably those cops from Nephi that, that were getting murdered up the canyon or something <laughs> like that. So, yeah, that was, that was the interstitial for me. Yeah, the first few lines uh, talks about four feet dangling in the stream. Again, I picture uh, two kids sitting on a bridge over the Salt Creek. Runs through the song multiple times. The line, Kingdom of God is a pressure machine, I think that's it's kind of a larger theme of, of the album that's named Pressure Machine. Um, there's definitely religious um, implications to uh, the title and the pressure that you feel to, as it says, every step got to keep it clean. It reminds me of my favorite line from my favorite song, River is Wild, that says, Sometimes I hate the line I walk. I've been trying hard to do what's right. And so, you know, with the pressure machine and keeping every step clean, you're trying to walk that line, you're trying to do what you're supposed to. Sometimes that pressure gets to people and, and they just decide, I'm not going to do it anymore. Sometimes, you know, various things can happen depending on, on your approach and what happens to you in your life. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's good to reference. I, I don't know where everyone stands, so I, I feel like sometimes we're preaching to the choir, and then I think sometimes we're preaching to people that have, have no clue, and, and this is obviously my interpretation of it, but uh, when we get into religion and things like that, I kind of get a little uncomfortable, but this album, there's no way to do it without that. So I don't want to feel like I'm preaching to people, or if you don't believe what I'm saying, or you don't believe in religion, that's that's your, I don't care. Like, that's up to you, that's fine. But this song is very, uh, I mean, this album's very that way. There's a lot of religion, there's a lot of uh, undertones, there's a lot of uh, things that might appear one way, but can be interpreted another and the kingdom of God is a pressure machine is a loaded sentence. If ever there's been a loaded sentence, the kingdom of God as a whole to the outside world or somebody not from Nephi or from Utah or from, uh, we call the church, the culture is what we've been kind of calling it in, in the podcast term. Uh, but somebody that's not familiar with that culture, when Joey was in here last week, he said, you know, the two things in town was, was the religion or high school sports. It's like high school football in Texas, right? So when he's talking about the kingdom of God, he's not necessarily talking about heaven, or he's not necessarily talking about, you know, Christianity in general. The LDS or Mormon church or whatever we're calling it today has missionaries, which you've all seen going door to door, is to proselyte and baptize people and convert people into this church and grow what is called the kingdom of God, right? So it's this general statement of this kingdom of God is a pressure machine uh, to me is like the Sunday morning meetings, all the stuff going on, going out trying to convert people, you know, the religious whatever, read your scriptures, say your prayers, take your vitamins, I mean, you know, like whole Hulk Hogan routine. But it, it is, uh, it, it's pretty powerful that, uh, that to some people, that's what sets them free. That's what gives them peace in their life. That's what gives them you know, the motivation to get up and going. But to some people, it can be just all this pressure that builds up to a point to, I mean, we'll go through the song and stuff, but it can be a pressure machine. I remember the first time I heard that in the album. I mean, we kind of, the pressure machine, I just thought they meant the town, the name of this album. I'm like, that's kind of weird. We'll see what goes. You hear that line, and to me, there's no question or interpretation of what he's referring to in the song. The the culture of the town, the, the church, all that put together to some people, can just be uh, a pretty heavy weight on the shoulder. 
with this song, I mean, it's it's going to be the most quoted. It's with people that I've talked to, and you know, we do the show, and people are texting or talking with us. This song is the one that gets most quoted to me. Uh, different lines throughout it. We'll get to it, but that's just a banger to open her up. <laughs> yeah, and this song's uh, set up kind of differently in that um, there's a part that Brandon sings normally, and then there's a part he sings in falsetto. And, and from what I understand, they initially looked at or, or talked about having a female singer come in and sing the, uh, the falsetto part and decided that, um, you know, they liked the style or the way it sounded to have Brandon just do it in falsetto. So, you know, it kind of switches between characters, between the husband and wife, as he, as he switches from his regular singing voice to falsetto. And the man is talking about all the stuff that needs to happen, you know, the things that, all their possessions, I guess, in a way, you know, the mattress on the floor, the, the grass, and being working class. And then uh, when it goes to falsetto... It's all about feelings. <laughs> it's about, you know, you don't remember the last time you asked how I was, time slipping away, uh, your heart's going to break, you know, related to feelings rather than possessions or, or things that they own. Yeah, I think it's a, good, uh, it's a good breakdown of how a man sees things in point of view and, and how a woman might see and, and perceive. They're, they're living the same life. They're at the same place. They're, they're obviously together, whether uh, married or together, however that breaks down. He's saying, you know, who could ask for more? I'm going to go cut the grass and stuff. And, and she's having kind of some, some mental breakdown problems to where things aren't, aren't all right. So the mattress on the hardwood floor, it, it took me back. When we first got into our house, uh, we were I took out all the carpet, and I was pulling up all the staples of the carpet so that we could get more laid down. And there was a, a good, at least a week, where me and my wife were on an uh, air mattress on the floor, in our new house, with no carpet, and just that spot there just takes me back. I know, you know, kind of like we talked about how music can just be a time machine. I'm like, you know, here on a mattress on a hardwood floor, who could ask for more? I just remember that week being like, we had this. We were, you know, obviously, how can we afford what we're getting into? Trying to do as much of what was we could ourselves, and at night we'd go and blow up the air mattress, and, <laughs> and there we were sleeping. But I mean, to me, it was kind of a, a, a sense of accomplishment and things, and my wife's probably thinking, you know, as we go on, she's probably more relating to what I got myself <laughs> into. When he talks about ain't nothing uh, wrong with working class, I think that's coming again from Brandon, his work ethic, uh, we've talked about a few times. I think he uh, really looks up to his, his father from different interviews and things that we've heard, but he'd get up in the morning, he was just a blue-collar guy, and, and there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle with talking about that again I think it was the I, I don't remember in another life in another yeah. life where he's kind of if, if I went this way how would it be this is kind of touching back on that and here there, there's nothing wrong with it you know he's he's just a and it's from the man's pers- perspective here of he's trying to go to church he's trying to take care of his family and he's busting his butt getting out the door and there's nothing wrong with that and then we get to the woman and uh, she has a little different point of view yeah I think the second time uh, he sings in falsetto at first I didn't it took me a long time to think about this and I overthought it. You know, it's just a song. It's, it's fun and it's a great song, but he says, uh, well, from her perspective, why don't you say little things? Butterflies don't just dance on a string. feels like you clipped all her wings and every year goes by faster than the one before. And I thought, you know, what is it talking about? Butterflies on a string and clipping their wings. And I thought, you know, when you're, when you're dating, when you're first uh, meeting somebody, you get those butterflies in your stomach and it's just, Sometimes it's as simple as what you say or, you know, you touch hands or <laughs> something simple. And, and, you know, as time goes on, it's not that simple to make the butterflies dance. They don't just, you know, you don't just tug on a little string to make the butterflies. It's, it takes work. And their, their wings are clipped because, you know, they don't, 
you get the sense from the song that they don't spend much time, enjoyable time together. They, you know, they're just kind of like living together, living separate lives in the same house. Yeah, and she even says in that first verse, it's, it's going to break your heart one day. It's almost like telling, hey, this is going to, this is going to. This can't go on forever. This can't go on forever. And it's not, the man's just oblivious to what's going on, I think. And she's like out here crying, like, "Hey, this is gonna, this is gonna wreck you too." Like, she can probably see, like you're saying, the different things, the butterflies. I really like that because it's true, and you have to work at it. You have to work at a relationship. You have to keep all that kind of going. And it's a, it's gonna break your heart one day. And yeah, it, it, that's that's very true. So I jumped over the uh, the next part for the man, where you know he, he talks about some more of those possessions: power, power wheels, happy meals, things like that. <laughs> Uh, there's a part, um, an interview on that Brandon did with CBS This Morning uh, when the album came out. And he's, he talked about, uh, actually it might have been before the album came out, um, he was talking about what they had done uh, during quarantine or you know during the initial stages of the pandemic. And he said that as a family they were watching The Waltons and they watched it until they replaced John Boy and then they just stopped, they stopped watching The Waltons. That's where it was done for them. And it's just, you know, it just... It's, was funny for me that's what came up in my mind when he's talking about you know these memories of Jiminy Cricket and stuff like that it's just like that oh golly gee let's go watch the Waltons kind of mentality that's that's not around very much anymore and it's it's relating back to the raising the kids and stuff too of like hey these are their memories I like I think it was Waddy was talking about how it was either Waddy or Clint uh the memories of Happy Meals could either be the memories of going and getting the Happy Meal which again growing up in Nephi the closest McDonald's to us was you know, a twenty-minute drive to Payson, and when you got the Happy Meal, it was it was a major. It was, it was something special that happened, or you know, you're there. It wasn't just going to town to grab something. Uh, so the memories of that, or having those toys, or whatever that is, or just I think it was Waddy was just saying, hey, it's the, the from a father's perspective, you can think back to these happy memories where you actually had these meals with a happy family where we're talking about, hey, this is going to break your heart and things might not end well. If we've learned anything from this album, some of these families and, and some of these characters don't have the best endings. So this might be uh, a little looking back of, hey, things were great. and We had these happy meals. I have those memories with me when the kids were growing up. When he's going off to talk about, you know, he's out there looking at the universe, how small we are, you know, it's kind of mega. He's got this big vision. With He's got the religion going. He's looking up at the universe. He's got things in perspective. He's, he's deep thinking probably about God and creation and different things. And, you know, the missus is saying, what about me? What about our marriage? What about the small things here? You're, you're focused uh-huh. way, way out long. And you got to do some work at home. So, yeah, that was kind of interesting to me. Well, Derek, at this point of the song, I need to switch, uh, switch gears to a different band, if that's okay. I want to talk about Weezer. I thought we were going to go Rage Against the Machine again. Oh, that's no. That's our other default. Okay, yeah. Weezer, let's go for it. In reference to the part, sometimes I look at the stars and think about how small we are. I thought about how one of the things that uh, the Nephi has over Vegas is that you can actually see the stars. You can see a million stars. The, the night sky is dark. You're not All the light pollution has crept, crept down from the pro area yet. On a clear night, you can see, you can see everything. In 2017, there was a total solar eclipse that crossed North America, across uh, the United States. And one of the places that it went directly over, you know, where you had like a perfect path of totality or whatever they call it, was Weezer, Idaho. <laughs> so it's not really about the band. I just want to bring up Weezer, Idaho. Because, um, and after that happened, you know, they were, it was on the news for a day and then it kind of faded away. But one of the things that happened after that was over is they started 
talking about when's this going to happen again? The next time is in 2045. So what, 23 years away? <laughs> There's gonna the Nephi is going to be this in the center of the path of the solar eclipse. It's going to be the place to be. Yeah. So at the time, back in 2017, they did the news. I remember the news did an inter, a TV interview with the mayor of Nephi to talk about when the, the solar eclipse was going to be when Nephi was going to be right in the middle of the path. So. We hope to see you all in 2045. Uh, I might already have a viewing, a viewing party I've already committed to. It might be the, the, the airport, Jimmy's namesake. I'm going to have to do some uh, under-the-table work here after after the show, but don't be trying to go there. It's already spoken for. Yeah, so something like uh, Weezer, Idaho, I don't know how big it is. It's probably Nephi size. And I remember hearing stories. I had friends from um, from Spanish Fork that drove up there. You know, this tiny town just become this became this, this booming town of tourists that came there to see a, a solar eclipse so get in um, get in now so you can say you were there before the boom get your reservations now 2045 <laughs> no that's i mean it is uh, and again going to the west hills and things or up the canyon uh you can drive not that i mean 10 15 minutes and and at night look up at the stars and you know, you can really contemplate the universe or whatever and, and look up, see the Milky Way, see or all murder the, someone in the, the constellations, or you murder somebody up the canyon and, and Don't toss, do that. toss them up the, the salt creek and uh, down the stream, somebody's tasting it to see if it's salty or not. Now they partner in crime. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Get me out of this, Jimmy. Well, all you did was remind me that I need to apologize for the way I pronounced salt creek when we when we <laughs> interviewed Joey. I got some pushback from some of our Nephi friends that I said creek instead of creek. So. My, here's my, uh, here's my uh, feeling towards that. I think it's, I, I've, I've recalibrated this a little bit. If you're in or from around Nephi from after 1980, I think it's Salt Creek. Unless you had family that has been there longer, and then it's Salt Creek. Or Creek. I'm missing myself. Otherwise, reverse, otherwise yeah. so reverse it. Creek is that you've been there, uh, or family's been there for multiple generations going back past the, no, I reverse messed it up again. Creek. Creek. I don't even know. Crick or Creek, I don't know. I had a good theory there, and I can't, I can't pronounce it. If you've been there forever, you say Crick. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, that is what I'm trying to say. If you've been there forever, got family times forever, you say that. If not, you're, you're a Creeker. And there's nothing wrong with being a Creeker. So it's just that it lets people know where you're at on the social ladders and things. But in the pressure machine, when you go to church, they're going to ask you, you know, how to pronounce Crick or Creek, and then they know how high up or, or down you should be in the uh, in things. Uh, but, okay, so then we can try to get on back on track here. One of the things that, uh, one of the lyrics that stands out for a lot of people on this uh, album about Pressure Machine is where he says, sweating it out in the pressure machine, good to the last drop, which is a reference to the Maxwell House coffee slogan from the you know 80s or 90s, I don't know how long ago, maybe it still is, but that's one that resonates with a lot of people because, you know, it's, you know, the jingles that you hear growing up or commercials, those, those are things that you remember. So I, I tried this into religion as well, and there's always controversy about uh, whether Mormons drink coffee or not. So that alone in this pressure machine could be uh, controversial whether or not this guy was drinking coffee or not. But uh, squeezing out, get to the last drop. There's a there's a phrase in the church that is endure to the end, and that you know basically work up until you're dead. Basically, right? Am I missing anything there? So it's just keep going, keep working, keep keep working until there's until you're done. And so it, when that hits, get to the last drop, it's talking about the pressure machine. Uh, he's sweating it out to the last drop. So in my mind, um, that's just kind of a, a phrase. I don't even know where it came from necessarily, but it's something you hear around the culture and stuff, especially if you're going to church and stuff. It's just like, 
endure to the end, hard times are coming, or things aren't going your way, uh, you know, whether it's family problems or, or whatever's going on. And uh, one of the things that you'd, you'd hear said would be endure to the end. And so when I heard that, it was one of those things where it just clicked with me of, uh, maybe that's a double entendre or something going on there with the coffee and uh, a church reference. Yeah, that reminded me of a, uh, a lyric from Be Still from Battleborn. Uh, in the chorus, he says, Rise up like the sun, labor till the work is done. Now that, that plays into to this song and the next one, getting by, enduring to the end, like you mentioned. And then we get back to the, to the lady, or the, the woman part. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just it is, it's breaking, it's heartbreaking. And uh, you see it through both people's eyes, but it's like, uh, why don't you even say little things? It's kind of like you were talking about earlier to get these butterflies. Why aren't you even trying? Like, you just talk about enduring to the end, get to the last drop, keep going. But you're not even trying. Why don't you say little things? She's just sitting here neglected. Uh, one thing that really happens, the older you get, it, it's weird, but years do. I mean, except for 2020, that was like longest year on record. But they do, they slightly go faster and faster. And the older you get, you hear it, it's almost cliche, but like enjoy the time, the moments, because they go fast. And, and she's in this marriage. Uh, she's wondering why this guy can't even throw her a line and just say something nice to her. And she's looking at it, it's just going faster and faster. The years are, are going faster than ever before. And it's, it is, it's heartbreaking from her perspective. It goes back to the man's perspective, uh, focusing again on possessions and, you know, just trying to, to gloss over the touchy-feely, warm relationship stuff and just focus on, all right, food, treadmill, you know. She bought something she never uses. Her complaint is, you never talk to me. His complaint is... You bought that and never use it. <laughs> how many fights, Jimmy? We're not going to say anything personal. But how many fights? Zero, Derek. Zero fights. How many fights do you think have had that same phrase of, I bought this treadmill and it's just sat here collecting dust? A lot. I mean, I think that's something where uh, sometimes we hear, and we've talked about the killers and Brandon or whatever before, but we hear rock stars are like, don't know the price of milk or gas, and they're just <laughs> in this other stratosphere. This lyric here might be one of the more true... Uh, when it comes to conflicts in marriage, I, I know people, I, I could list people who I know bought treadmills or exercise equipment and had huge fights because it just sat there, collected dust, or became a, a clothes hanger for, you know, yeah. The, yeah, that kind Hang of thing. Hang the laundry on it. And, and maybe that's just uh, kind of the same thing. It's out in the social world or you pick it up on TV shows. I don't know. I just thought that rang pretty true to a lot of people. So Yeah, and, you know, working class, treadmill's expensive. Um, so if you make that investment and don't use it, um, yeah, it's not seen as a big deal. It, uh, it's just sitting here. She might have used it once, and then, um, but he knows that if he's this, this is I don't know why this one. Everyone loves this line, but <laughs> he knows if he just shuts his mouth and keeps the peace, she'll she'll cook his eggs in bacon grease. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people that resonates with for some reason. Have you ever had eggs and bacon grease, Jimmy? No, I hate eggs. No, you're not an egg guy? No. I, uh, I mean, we've had friends that have been cooking their eggs and bacon grease and sending pictures just referencing the song. Uh-huh. So it's, uh, it's all over social media and stuff, especially when it came out. That was a big line. So, I mean, in the, in the big scheme of things, it's uh, this girl bought this treadmill and doesn't even use it, but I'm going to shut up because she's going to make me some nice breakfast. And not worth fighting over. Not, not, worth the, not worth the battle. And then, he, yeah, it ends with him getting pretty philosophical about life, you know, and it's not just about the relationship, but it's about just life in general. Yeah, I think it's the same. It's kind of going up to that pressure machine. Uh, it starts off the kingdom of God's pressure machine, 
it says life will give you this this rose and right when it's there they'll pull you out from from beneath your nose right when you think you got figured out or you think you know what's going on it seems like life has a way of of twisting and turning on us and uh, we don't know really what happens with this relationship I don't think it might be just one of those marriages that goes on but they're kind of happy not ultimately happy they're all striving for different goals they might end up breaking up they might end up fixing things who knows but uh, yeah it kind of gets that deeper deeper philosophical uh, thought of like you know right when you think you have it it's 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 right in your grasp you go to grab it and it's gone yeah not only that run it through the after the the rose gets ripped from beneath your nose it gets run through a pressure machine <laughs> so it's like getting kicked when your dog's down you know or getting kicked when your dog's down kicking between that and the creek, Jimmy, I don't know. We might need to start practicing. Getting kicked while you're down, or what's the about getting kicking your dog? I don't know. Getting your dog kicked. <laughs> yeah. Man, Kick your dog machine. while your dog's down. But overall, uh, what what's uh, I mean, this is one of the better songs in the album. Am I wrong? How do you feel about it? Well, I mean, it's the title track, so you know, it's definitely encapsulate the th- the whole theme of the album and, and a lot of the things that run through some of the other songs in another life, in the car outside. Getting by, there's there's a lot of the same themes that that are summarized in in this one. So, um, you know, it's not the most upbeat, but it's not a sad song. So, you know, I, I do enjoy this one. It's not my favorite, but it's definitely far above some of my least favorites on there. I just think it's a thinker. So, I yeah, it's not. You can go for a long drive. Maybe you can go drag Maine. You can go out look at the stars out in the West Hills. You can go murder somebody up the canyon. And you can play this, and you can just contemplate. Uh, and you can think of it from different perspectives. You can think where you're at. You can think from where your parents were at. You can think of from the women's perspective. You can think from your significant other's perspective. Uh, it's for me. It's just a good, good thinking song to like. Hey, where am I at? You know, am I too focused on things that are huge, big, might not matter? Am I focused on the little things? Am I focusing too much here or there? So. Uh, for me, it was good, a good thinking song, anyway. Yeah, we don't condone murder, by the way. But it's definitely a theme in, in Killer's albums from the beginning, so like it comes up. Um, <laughs> the last line, spit you out a name tag memory. I've had I've seen somebody on Reddit post um, wondering if that's referring to missionary name tags, or I thought about the rubber plant, you know, a name tag from the rubber plant. Um, he's talking about a, a name tag coming out from the pressure machine after a rose has been shoved into it. So, I don't know. I don't think it's a... I don't know what it means, but... It's it means whatever just, it means. Yeah, to you, it's right? symbolic. So, yeah, that's a long outro too. That was one thing after the song. It's kind of like got that. Uh, it's got some twang to it. Some twang. It's got the. I almost said fiddle. Steel guitar. I don't know so fiddle, steel guitar, violin. I don't know which which instrument you want to zoom in on, but it's yeah, it's violin. It's got a long outro. So, maybe uh, with me, that's the drive around. Just kind of got some time to contemplate life and. I don't know. I, I like it. It's pretty. It's pretty mellow. It's not. A, yeah. It's not a typical killer song, but. Uh, as far as the albums go and stuff, it's one that just makes me think, and I, I do appreciate that. I guess, Jimmy, that's another episode down from Lonely Town. See ya. <laughs>